baseball game broke out. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. I'm Ray Bright and early every week. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 5, Phillies 0. And that doesn't really begin to scratch the surface of how very, very different this game was than the seven losses that immediately preceded it. Rwanzi Contreras, five scoreless innings, seven Ks, two walks, three hits. Again, doesn't really tell you what happened. Contreras was tested by the Phillies. They ran up his pitch counts, especially in the first four innings. They had people aboard. He found ways out of it, not by rearing back and throwing a hundred, but by just pitching with poise and with purpose. This kid has grown up quite a lot over the course of this calendar year. It's been a blast to watch. The bullpen followed that with four scoreless innings, allowing only one hit, one walk. They didn't strike anybody out, but Manny Benuelos with two innings, Dwayne Underwood with one, and Will Crow with one, really emphatically got the job done after Contreras was out. That's kind of how it's supposed to work. Offensively, my goodness, they did good things offensively. <laughs> O'Neill Cruz with a triple, and he was brought home right away. This was in the very first inning by Kibrian Hayes, both of them hitting lasers in the process. Rodolfo Castro with a couple of hits of his own. They had nine hits. Nine hits. The Pirates, they only struck out seven times. Remember when that figure used to be a high thing? This was low. This was awesome. And you know what? I'm flying up to Milwaukee later this morning. I'm going to be covering the entire three-game set with the Brewers. And I can promise you that when I walk into that clubhouse, the big, luxurious visiting clubhouse at American Family Field, that there's going to be music blasting. There's going to be players with smiles on their faces. There's going to be guys looking for additional instruction, not in a negative way, not to get out of a slump or not to shake off some bad feeling, but just so that they can continue doing something good. This is the benefit of winning within a developmental structure, something that Ben Charrington and the brass seem to have completely devalued and pretty much tossed out of this structure. That doesn't make sense to me. It never made sense to me. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Here, I can take this further. I can do this, even though I've certainly covered enough ball games in Milwaukee to know 
or to have a good guess at how this series is going to go, the three-game set that begins tonight. Let's suppose, and do nothing more than that, that September was a good month for the Pirates. I know, I know, I know. I'm aware of the precedent. I'm aware of the schedule, almost entirely facing playoff teams. But I'm asking you politely to play along with me here. If that were to occur, who would be the players driving it? Who would be the principal actors in this? It would probably be O'Neill Cruz. It would probably be Brian Reynolds, Kibrian Hayes, Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, Rwanzi Contreras, Jack Suwinski, who I'm fully expecting to see in Milwaukee when I get there. There'd probably be another young guy or two in that mix. Maybe a Tucapita Marcano, maybe Travis Swaggerty. Who knows? What we do know is that it won't be the Josh Van Meter types. It can't be the Josh Van Meter types because they're terrible. So if one plays along with my little fantasy here that the Pirates would have a good September, who would be having the good September? Right. And they, in turn, would feel good about themselves and share this vibe amongst themselves and with their respective coaches. And the coaches would feel more satisfaction because the things that they're preaching and teaching on a regular basis would finally be getting put onto the field for everyone to see. It's an uplifting thing all around. How is this not of value to Charrington in the front office? I don't get this. If you're a little confused at what I'm getting at here, I'm going to clarify it. Winning means something. If you got to spend a little bit more to compensate for things that you weren't able to get through development or through trades, it's not a waste. It's just not. It's not Money that's just flushed down the commode. You can get yourself a good player or two or three or five that brings a sense of progress, that brings a sense of something starting to move in the right direction. I will refer everyone to 2013. Because what happened in 2013 was not some cumulative effect of development or whatever else. In fact, that's not at all what happened in 2013. It's become mythology since then, but it wasn't about anything that Neil Huntington slash Kyle Stark were doing internally because neither of them was capable of doing any such thing. What happened was that some very smart people who were hired by Huntington, and that, of course, was a smart move by Huntington, they advised him on X number of available free agents who didn't cost all that much and who came with very little risk, and Huntington went and got those guys. Again, to Huntington's credit, but it started with these guys under him. They go out and they get A.J. Burnett, they get Russell Martin, and those guys go onto the field and all of a sudden, hey, looks like a ball club. What do you know? Neil Walker, Andrew McCutcheon, Starling Marte were all there from the previous regime. So how well or how poorly Huntington and Stark were doing didn't really matter. There was a sense of momentum. There was a sense of a buildup towards something. It came from AJ and Russ and these other guys. And I am here to tell you that every one of the younger guys who was involved in that process Kutch, Walk, all those guys 
will attest to this having been a big, big deal for them in their own development. How has this just been thrown out? Winning matters in sports. We come back. J1Q. about Ben Charrington's gift of choosing the worst possible players off the waiver wire this season, and I couldn't agree more. Did someone over his head profess a love for the movie Major League, which seems to have prompted him to try and make that film into a reality show? Because I have found myself more than once this summer going, who the hell are these guys? Uh, Dina, you're not alone. I cover the team. I'm around them. Guys come into the locker room. And I don't know who they are. This happened with Kevin Padlow a week ago at PNC Park. Some dude was carted up uh, on the concourse, and he had a couple of Seattle Mariners bags on the back. And he goes into the clubhouse. I don't know that anyone in there. Oh, wait, there was one player. I don't remember who, but one player recognized him and went up to him and said, hey, how are you? The rest of them, it was just like he just walked through them. And he's went and sat at his designated stall. Eventually, guys come over and introduce themselves. But it's weird, and it's nonstop. There's another guy they just got uh, for the bullpen, 29 years old. Listen, I don't even know how to take this, because on one hand, listen, I understand that there's logic in wanting to try to see if you can strike lightning with somebody else's trash. And that's that sounds mean, but that's, you know, I'm thinking of like taking out the trash, like the refuse. I'm trying to find a nice positive spin on the word trash, and it's not happening for me here. Can you tell? But you're, you're recycling. There, there we go. There we go. Recycling. You're trying to recycle someone else's, mm, yeah. Listen, it stinks, okay? It stinks that in year three, They keep bringing these guys in, but it stinks way worse whenever there's even a trace of a thought that they could be keeping somebody younger down while they're trying to look at players like this. Listen, Major League Baseball isn't a tryout camp. If you can't make an intelligent decision based off somebody's history somewhere else. And and please spare me this. We've got to get our hands on him and show him how we do things, which I do hear from the Pirates still, despite the fact that it does absolutely nothing to have him in Pittsburgh because the player tends to get even worse when they're here, certainly based on the volume of examples of these guys from this year. It's been a joke. It's been a joke. It's hurt the overall process because it's held younger players down. It's held back the team's results. And when the team's results overall are lousy, it brings the whole group down. It stunts development. I can't believe that I just, I I can't believe that I have to keep saying this. I appreciate the question, Dina. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.